Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles by the renewing of your mind through God's Word and radio conversation. That's why we're here. Have you ever heard the hurt the term, homie, don't play that? I doubt it. Being up here in Seattle and the age and the station that we're on, this is something, a uh, term that I learned when I was much younger and in L.A. and on a channel of TV that you probably didn't watch, but it comes to the idea of, are there consequences for disobedience? And we'll, we'll get back to that statement. Are there consequences for disobedience? Or does God's grace just cover over, you know, just c- cover the tab, you know, no questions asked, just just pay the bill? Have we made the gospel of grace just something that's just cheap? In an attempt to evangelize and spread the good news, have we changed the purpose of the church? Is the body of Christ, the, the house of the Lord, a place for, for unbelievers? Or, or is it a place for making unbelievers so comfortable that it's no longer a church of, of Christians? On the surface, it, it makes sense to, to be welcoming, to be accommodating, to, to be warm and inviting. I mean, you know, one of, one of the terms that was used a while ago was, you know, being a seeker-friendly church, right? Well, what church wants to have the, the you know, the neon sign under the, the sign, you know, under the big sign that says seeker-unfriendly church right here? I mean, I hope we're all seeker-friendly churches from, from that perspective, right? But, but we have to understand, again, what's the purpose of the church? And, and yes, there is a Christian mandate to, to evangelize and to invite non-believers. So we spice up the presentation. We we put the bells and whistles on, and um, we you know we we make sure that that hey this is this is an exciting place to be. There's no reason for us to be dull and boring. I mean we have something very exciting to offer. We you know we we can use uh, electricity and 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 sound equipment and and musical instruments. I mean those those are all great things. But is making unbelievers comfortable truly the way to to make true disciples what kind of presentation is given in the old testament what do we read in the old testament do we see god's wrath do we see judgment do we see penalty for sin and disobedience do we see laws do we see rules yes we do all over the place and we do in the new testament too and so it should indicate to us that that should still be a central theme in our churches today. In the 1990s, I was just entering college as a, as an unbeliever, as an unbeliever. And, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a typical fan of Saturday Night Live, which was, you know, that late night comedy sketch show that was, you know, um, just really, you know, on the on the cusp of you know like is is this okay for TV or you know should this be censored or ca- cable TV because cable was just coming out then 
And uh, so it was, you know, show. And I think the show started at like 11 p.m. at night or maybe 12 p.m. So, you know, only the, the big kids can watch. Um, but I really wasn't a fan of, of SNL. I, I, I was more of a fan of a, of an African-American competitor called In Living Color. And uh, that was my favorite sketch show. And, and my favorite character was Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown was, was supposed to be an ex-con. An ex-con who was forced to do his, his you know, his parole work as, as a clown, and and uh, and as part of of that, he would you know he would show up to kids' parties, and you can imagine an an an, an ex-con. I mean, whoever thought of this is sick, twisted sense of humor. You know that the the ex-con is showing up at eight-year-old birthday parties, and, and and of course, you know the the show is all adults, so the the kids playing or the people playing the kids are are all adults. So so the 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 scene and the imagery of it's pretty funny. Um, well, as the show goes, uh, and and there you know coming out of the show were were some pretty famous people. Jim Carrey got a start there. Um, J Lo got her start there, and and so um, you know is 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 a pretty popular show for for its run but typically the show included you know homies showing up to the party and you know being very you know angry and you know harsh and the kids would want to play games and maybe they wanted to play something like you know throw the pie in and homie's face or you know make homie you know roll around on the on the ground and doing stuff and sing silly no- songs but but the hard-nosed homie the clown would just respond i don't think so homie the clowns also Favorite saying was, homie, don't play that. So he'd ask the kids, hey, what do you want to do? Well, we want to play, throw the pie in the face. Homie just look and say, homie, don't play that. Well, that became one of the, the popular phrases that, you know, amongst, you know, young teenagers and kids around the nation, definitely one of mine. And, and as I look at the new church and as I look at the new gospel and I look at the new terms for salvation, you know, and no disrespect, and I hope this doesn't sound irreverent, but I can hear God saying, homie, don't play that. We have a lot of crazy ideas in society today, and we have a lot of crazy ideas within the church. And I wonder how many times God just looks down and shakes his head and, and sees that, you know, that that this new gospel in town that doesn't talk about God's wrath and doesn't talk about consequences for disobedience and doesn't ca- talk about suffering, doesn't talk about sin, doesn't talk about hell, there's a problem. And the problem is, homie, don't play that. God is a God of rules. God is a, is a judge. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back on a white charger with the sword. You know, we kind of have this view that he's coming back, you know, just throwing, you know, flowers and petals out, you know, like he's a, you know, the, 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 you know, the flower girl in a wedding. Well, for years, one of the most famous sermons, for years, one of the most famous sermons was Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry God. That was like the go-to sermon for what? For reaching non-believers. That's what you would give to, to a non-believer. The, the typical tent revival was fire and brimstone. You're going to hell. You go listen to some of those old Billy Graham sermons. I mean, you know, Billy Graham's on national TV telling everybody, you're going to hell, you're going to burn, you're going to die. Man, you, when was the last time you heard that? 
what you hear now is everybody's going to heaven. Whee! Has the gospel changed? All of a sudden, the default is, well, we're all sinners. I mean, who, who hasn't sinned? Nobody's perfect. And Jesus, he paid it all, so say la vie. But homie, don't play that. Throughout the scriptures, God has given us rules, commands, lists, long lists of obedience, lists of sins, and a, and a call to be holy, a call to be perfect. We're called to be perfect and holy. Yes, God is gracious. He can forgive, and he does. Yes, he transforms lives. Yes, he, he restores. Yes, he redeems. Yes, he saves. Please don't hear me wrong. So remember, we, we, we have that, but that doesn't make us stop from, from obeying rules. That, that doesn't back us off just because we don't want to be legalistic. We, we, we've got to get away from the ways of the world. We, we've got to walk towards walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. Because if we don't, there are consequences. There are deep consequences to disobedience. God does not like sin. Sin angers God. Do you really want to participate in acts that God has written in his his word that says, I hate this. This is what I hate. I hate lies. I hate arrogance. I hate strife. I use those three because we seem to think those are like those, you know, respectable sins. There's a book written, Respectable Sins. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're not supposed to murder. We're not supposed to commit adultery. Yeah, those are, those are the real sins. My little white lies, my, my strife, my gossip. That's okay, isn't it? Isn't that acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. One of the things that really struck me and when I was going through seminary and, and, and you know, studying how Jesus responded to the Pharisees, these are the most religious people of the time. Now, these guys, remember, they didn't have, you know, iPads and the internet and Bibles on every on every shelf. I mean, if you wanted to know the word, you were lucky to have a scroll in your town and you went over there and you memorized it. And these guys would memorize the entire Pentateuch. I mean, they're no slouches. They would spend time just, you know, what is the Sabbath and what is work and what is rest? And rightfully so, they wanted to live perfect and holy lives. Now they, they got a little carried away with it. And what does Jesus call these people? He calls them, in, in just Matthew 23 alone, blind guides, hypocrites. Their, their cups are dirty. They're, they're a brood of vipers. I mean, think about what's, what's being said there. What Jesus is saying is, homie, don't play that. You, you think you're the, the ones leading people? You're actually blind. You're, it's the blind leading the blind. You're a blind guide. Can you think of something more despicable than a than a blind person leading a blind person? Um, why would you do that? That somebody that's a hypocrite, you do the opposite of what you say you're supposed to do. He describes it as a cup and oh, on that, you know, the, your outside of your cup is so clean and so pretty and so nice, but the inside is filthy. 
you know, you go into a, a radio studio, you know, and you see that guy's coffee cup and it looks like it hasn't been washed in two years. And, you know, there's coffee and some, you know, cigarette ash in there, you know, hey, it's all for the flavor. Um, that's kind of what's being described. That's what the inside of your cup's like. That's what your heart's like. And then finally, you are a brood of vipers, of snakes. See, homie don't play that. He sees this wickedness. He sees the evil even in the leaders, the Christian leadership. That's me. That's my position. And so if he's looking at the Pharisees, if he's looking at the pastors with that kind of, 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 of standard, how does he look at how we follow and obey rules? So when we come back, we'll take more of a look at homie don't play that. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. What does the Bible say about being obedient? We've been talking about how seriously God takes sin and that there are consequences to disobedience. And then ultimately, you, you, you can go to a certain point and metaphorically, God looks down and says, homie, don't play that. I don't know who you think I am. I don't know who you think you are. But we don't do it this way. And so we're, we're looking at, well, what does this mean? And I want to take a look at some, some, some passages and scriptures of, you know, yes, we, we, we do have this, this crazy, amazing free gift of salvation. And the, the more I study and, and, and understand it, the more, the more it's supposed to produce in you this awe for God that would then produce a loving obedience, not do whatever you want to do. And so in Matthew 16, 24, we, we see this, this great picture of, well, this is then what, how we're supposed to respond to that grace. And God commands us to deny yourself. You don't live for yourself. It's not all about you. It's, it, it's about glorifying God. The, the old famous catechism, what's the chief end of all men? To glorify God. That's your purpose. So you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to sometimes not do what it is that makes you happy, not do what gives you instant pleasure, not give what doesn't ultimately end to personal peace and affluence. As Francis Schaeffer would say, you, you deny yourself. You yield to God's word. You yield to God's way. You, you take up your own cross daily. Daily you make sacrifices. Daily you yield for somebody else's will. How do you do this? What's the standard? What's the, 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 the path? The path is you follow Christ. Deny yourself. Take up your daily cross and follow Christ. 
is this how we live today or do we want what we want selfishly, unwilling to be sacrificial for everything? And I'm my own man. I will be the the master of my own domain and I will go the way I want to go, the when I want to go, how I want to go. Well, we see in Second Timothy chapter 3 that the there's, there's a problem, and that problem is that men are going to be lovers of themselves. You know, we, we've had this, this self-esteem-driven society for so long, and, and, and please don't misquote me. It's, it, it's good that you feel good about yourself. I feel good about myself because I have a Savior who saved me from my sin. I have a Savior who's, who's going to allow me to go to heaven. That, that's what drives me and my joy and my happiness. And then he's made me unique and he's gifted me with spiritual blessings and that he's for me and not against me. And so you, you see the difference there that, that my power, my strength comes from not me, but my God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a big difference between that and loving myself and thinking I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And 2 Timothy 4 says that men will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want to know what God has to say. They don't want to know what the Bible says. They, they, they want to have their own arguments. They want to have their own beliefs and, and, and be able to fight and, and, and defend their position. And if you don't believe that they want to believe, either they, they fight and argue with you or they just go somewhere else where everybody else thinks the same way. It's that idea of having your ears tickled. Tell me what I want to hear. And I'll go to your church. And so that's kind of how we pick church now. We, we just go where they already, where the pastor already believes what you believe. I and mean, think about that. You would never say it like that out loud. But I, you know, I hear this all the time. Oh, that guy, he really knows his stuff. Oh, his theology's so good. Oh, he's got it nailed down. He teaches exactly like what I believe. So really what you're saying is because the pastor matches your belief, then and that's why you like him. You should be going to church, and when you open up the Word, be ready to yield to what the Word says, because you're going to humble yourself before the Scriptures. You might be wrong. What if you're dead wrong, and then all of a sudden you open it up one day, and there it is in black and white. It's time to repent. It's time to change. But see, we, we want somebody to tell us, hey, it's okay. Keep sinning. You'll be forgiven. There's no real penalty. You're still going to go to heaven. Again, the problem, homie, don't play that. There is a hell. Say it out loud. There is a hell. Somebody's going to hell. Lots of people are going to hell. Lots of people who think that they're saved and okay are going to hell. That frightens me. But what about verses like, you know, Matthew 7, 23, that the the gate is narrow. That means if you're sitting there and you're in the crowd and you know, and the crowd is big and large and you look across the way and there's a small, tiny little crowd and they're going against the grain. Chances are they're the right ones and you're the wrong one. Yeah, but I've got numbers. I go to the biggest church in Seattle. Doesn't that mean we're right? Might, by definition, mean you're wrong. John twelve twenty four talks about, you know, it might cost you your life. You're, you're, you're standing up for Christ. You're standing up for, for his way might cost you your life? Or are, are you ready to deny yourself, take up your daily cross and follow him? Are you ready to live like you know, Philippians 2 says, doing nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with a humility of mind regarding others as more important than yourself? 
or you're just here to get what you want, how you want it. This is one of the most difficult things for people to understand in marriage is to yield to the other one, is to think of the other person first. Because at the end of the day, that other person's going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you because they're a sinner too. They're going to do things that tweak you. They're going to do things that upset you. But if you both have two people, kind of like with the two keys at the same time, right? The nuclear, you know, keys ready to turn. And at the same time, both of those people are going to do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard the other as more important. I've never seen a relationship where two people do that that doesn't work. But when you start selfishly wanting what you want, that's when we run into trouble. Matthew 16 again so says, Whoever desires, whoever desires to, to have life will be willing to actually lose their life. Are, are you willing to give up those desires to have the, you know, maybe it's the, the Ferrari or the vacation or the whatever it is. Maybe it's a dream job. You know, we're in a society now where everybody thinks that they're supposed to you know, they're going to be fortunate enough to do what they love to do and make a million dollars doing it. Maybe you're just going to have a job that pays the bills. See, there's a call for self-denial. There's a call to no selfishness. And, and the list, like Proverbs 6 and Romans 2 and Galatians 5 that, that spell out the don'ts, you know, no immorality, no idolatry, no lies, no strife, no gossip, no pride, no gossip, etc. Well, why do we... Why do we think that somehow these sins can just be glossed over because we have like maybe this trump card of or get out of jail free card where Jesus died. No, Jesus died to pay the price for sin. That's true. And yet there's still a hell. Why? Because homie don't play that. There's a line. There's a line that you cross. There's a there's a an element of disobedience that just. Now that we look at the tree, there, there's no fruit. There's no fruit there. Genesis 20, right after the, the Ten Commandments are given, it explains why they're given, so that you may not sin. God wants us in obedience. He wants us to be obedient, or else, Romans 6.23, there's a, there's a wage that you earn, and that wage that you earn from your sin is going to be death. That's a promise. God spells this out in Genesis 2. There's consequences for disobedience. I love Leviticus 26. Read Leviticus 26. It, it goes into detail. It's the if then. If you disobey me, then this is what's going to happen. And one of the curses is the itch. Having grown up in Southern California and running into poison oak a few times, the itch is, to me, you do anything, but, you know, having poison oak where you're itching all over the place is terrible. It drive you crazy. And so the itch. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I remember that um, when people were afraid to go to church because everybody was going to hell and everybody was judged, you know, and, and that's not what I'm talking about. Now, I was one of those people and, and, you know, and I hated church and I never wanted to be around Christians because I thought that, you know, they're all judgmental and, 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 and that's not true. But, you know, as we try to explain to our kids at school every day, there are rules and we have to remind them that there's rules and, and there's consequences to, to breaking those rules. And in our zeal to save the world from their sin, we forget to remind them that, that they're sinners and that Jesus calls them to repent. 
When was the last time you heard a sermon about repentance? Or you need to stop. You need to change. It's not okay. Like Romans 11 talks about in the grafting of the tree, God might break you off the tree. God might spew you out of his mouth as described in Revelation. God might 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 say, depart from me for I never knew you. As Americans, we've been conditioned to be independent, autonomous, and in charge. We, we don't like rules. We want freedom. We, we, we want to do it our way. But homie, don't play that. This is about God's way, not your way. Who are you, old man, who thinks that, that you made the rules? Don't mess with God. I know he's merciful. I know he didn't kill Cain. I know he spared Noah's sons. I know he preserved a remnant in Israel despite their idolatry, but God does punish. God wants you to repent today. God wants you to be holy. So the next time you take advantage of God's grace, remember, homie, don't play that. Think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.